Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. It's a Saturday, September 12th. My name is Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing. It's called the Armor Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. Now, um, as we do every weekend, we're going to go over information derived from our quantitative analysis. We call it quantumental investing, right? It's the combination of taking the quantitative approach using algorithms, okay, to build um, statistical information. We combine it with a fundamental foundation. That's the information I try to share with you every weekend. We're going to go over stock market direction today. We're going to go over a very significant change in the armor algorithms and what it means really kind of dissect what it means for thought process and how to invest during a market correction. Okay, then we'll, of course, as always, touch on precious metals as that continues to be the biggest um, uh, portion of our investment portfolio. And we're going to touch on just a quick thought or two on uh, the cannabis couch. Okay, and then I'll get to Q&A. So fill up the chat board with questions, the message board, and I'll get to those, those questions as soon as I'm done with just sharing you know, some of my thoughts. As always, if you enjoy this conversation, give me a thumbs up. That always helps. Guys, you can subscribe, ladies and gentlemen, right down here to this channel, this YouTube channel, or the Armor Report. Now, the ArmorReport.com is a website I started to, to create a deeper dive into the discussions you and I have on a Saturday, okay? So access to the Slack trading desk for the armor report. So all armor insiders were on all day throughout the trading session, sharing ideas. I'm doing videos just for armor insiders that are on that site. Um, and of course you have one-on-one access to me if you choose. So think about that. That's up to you guys. Think about uh, whether or not you want to do it. All right. Before I get started, the usual disclaimers, I don't know you, so I can't possibly tell you what stocks to buy. Okay. What I'm doing is sharing information from 30 years of doing this. I want you to see the successes and the failures. Okay. And I'm going to share them with you. And hopefully over time, you can reach higher and become a better investor. That's the point of these shows. And I hope that I'm helping. Um, You're certainly helping me. So I appreciate you spending time on a Saturday and giving it to me because it just reiterates for me what I have to do. If I express to you investing approach, the armor investing way. If I go over and over it with you, it helps me execute. It makes me a better investor. So I thank you for that. All right. So let's jump in to um, thoughts on the market, the general market direction. Okay. Today is the day that I share with you that the Armor Report Risk Monitor has turned red. So for those of you who are Armor Insiders, you know this. You can go to the website, click on the Risk Monitor, and it hasn't changed since um, July 7th. For those of you who are new, 
I'm going to share with you a quick breakdown of how this works. Armor Insiders, bear with me. You already know this. But we have a, a simple breakdown. We have seven indexes that we follow. We have algorithms written for these seven indexes. We actually have an Armor Index portfolio where all we do with the capital that's in those, um, that, that wants to be managed this way, all we do is buy these seven indexes using the algorithms. So the seven algorithms, the, the top four, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Dow, and the small cap index, these are all ETFs that we buy and we do our analysis on, the ETFs, okay? So it's SPY, QQQ, DIA, IWM, and then the three sub-indexes, which is the Momentum, MTUM, the Value, VLUE, and the IBD50, okay? That drives all of our risk decisions. So what we do is we, I try to condense the behavior of these algorithms into simple color coding, red, green, yellow. But I really feel like I want to explain to you guys what it means to be red. We just turned red. Green's obvious. It goes green. We put all of our capital to work and we have a five-day window to do it. Yellow, pretty obvious. We're managing success. Things are going up. We're booking profits. We're rotating capital, but we're not aggressively chasing, right? And what does red mean? That's what I want to talk to you about right now. My first thought is this. Red is a, a yin and a yang with green. Green's right around the corner from red. So what I don't want you to take away from this conversation today is that red means the market's going to implode. Now, I know, I know, the last time the Armour Risk Monitor went red was February 24th. And it protected all of our assets, right? Because that was the very beginning of the market crash. But that is not the norm when the risk monitor goes red. I just want you to be aware of that. If you look at the body of evidence going back 10 years, going back 20 years, there are multiple red signals that do not result in a market crash. Obviously, because the market doesn't usually crash. Okay, this is key. This is key for you to think about. We're always... Fear and greed responses drive a lot of decisions, and we have to tame that, okay? So when I say risk monitor red, just because the market collapsed the last time it went red does not mean that I'm saying to you today it's going to collapse next week. I don't know what it's going to do. In fact, if you watch, if you watch the um, February 24th YouTube video, I said the same thing then. I don't know what happened, I said, but everything went dark today. We went red across the board, so we have to protect capital, but who knows how this is going to play out. And then, of course, a couple months later, the market was down huge. But what I'm saying today is this. Number one, red simply means that we are not putting capital to work right now, and we have to wait for a risk on entry point that turns green, where the indexes are all communicating one thing. I don't know when that's going to be. It could be next week. It could be next month. I don't know. But it is true. It could be next week. It's happened. So 
what we do now, how do we invest during a market correction? What does red tell you? It tells you we're in a correction. Corrections can be either time or price. They can be in time or price. So it's very possible that we got lifted out of our positions at the low in the market. And now it goes sideways for the next couple of weeks and we get the next risk on buy signal at higher prices. Totally possible. Happens all the time in the last 10, 15 years if you look at the data. Okay? So what I wanted to share with you is a philosophy, or not a philosophy, but a thought. And I posted this on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Brett Rosenthal on Twitter. I posted this yesterday. And I said, it's, it's, I'm going to paraphrase now. I'm not going to read it. But this is an investing truism. It's so funny that this happens. When you own an asset and it starts, and it starts to go down, it's going down, and it's getting towards the stop, you are absolutely convinced that asset is going to plummet. Okay, the minute you sell it, you're sure the asset's going to go up and never come down again. Why is that? It's true, though. You know what I'm talking about, right? Take a look at this just for the fun of it. I share with you my successes all the time. I'm going to share with you something that looks ridiculous. Ready? I wouldn't necessarily go ahead and call it a failure because it's not a one way or the other. We don't know where we're going to end up. But on, on, uh, on Friday in the Slack trading room, Okay, this is a triple Q's in here. Okay, we, I literally sold the triple Q's on this bar right here at, at 133. It was the very bottom of the market and it rallied the rest of the day. Okay, I couldn't have picked the bottom of the market better. <laughs> it, it happens to all of us. Okay, just because I'm using algorithms doesn't guarantee that I get every trade right. But what happened is we have stops on our risk only, um, on our um, armor index only portfolio. Okay. We already got stopped out of the IBD 50. That was last week. I told you about it. Okay. So then during this week, as the market got weaker, we reduced exposure in the other six. And then on Friday, we got stopped out of every index with the exception of the Dow and the S&P. So that index-only portfolio is only long the Dow and the S&P right now, and the rest is cash. But we got stopped out at 130. I mean, look, the, as it was going down, it felt like the market's about to plummet, right? And the minute we cover, the market goes up, and you think it's never coming down again. I mean, it's just a weird um, um, fear-greed response that humans have. And so we have to incorporate um, strategies and um, processes that help counterbalance the emotion. Okay? So I share with you the information about where we were stopped out at 1.30 on Friday of those other positions because the rally, right off of that, there was a rally. Now, why did that happen? I mean, what I'm trying to do, what the algorithm is constantly trying to do is find the right stop that's not the obvious stop, okay? Because obvious stops get run. There's a risk, there's, armor, there's, there's um, HFT algos out there designed to run stops. So every now and then, the stop I'm using apparently is a stop everybody's using, and it bottoms and reverses, 
Okay, it might be. But I point out the low of Friday as an important point. So getting back to risk monitor red, what does it mean? It doesn't mean we think the market's going to implode. It means we're in a correction. How to invest during a correction is to work on your whiteboard, get your ducks in a row, get ready to put money to work when we get risk monitor green. We don't know when that'll be. Could be next week, two weeks, a month, two months. We don't know. So we just have to be on our toes and prepare. What I'll be looking for next week is to see if that low at 130 on Friday holds. Example, let's say the market opens down on Monday, tests that low, and puts in a reversal bar. We might get long on the armor trading desk. So all armor insiders which have access to the trading desk on Slack. That's what I'll be looking for. And I'll be sharing it with you. If it happens, I'll say, hey, we're putting capital to work. Okay. I might even put capital to work in the armor index only portfolio if I get that reversal. Because if it rips the rest of the day, we could get another risk on buy signal by the end of the week for all I know. And so I might put a position on. This is how we manage money. But if we take out that low of Friday, then we know we really have this correction that continues. So to condense this conversation, to conclude this conversation, and to move on so we can get, your, get to your questions, I would say this is the takeaway from Risk Monitor Red. Get ready for the green signal. Do your homework, Okay. No chasing stocks right now. No worrying you're going to miss something. Forget about that. Just get yourself prepared for the next opportunity that presents itself, whenever that is. And monitor, for those of you who are not insiders and you're on your own doing this, look at the lows Friday. If those lows hold and it's right at the 50-day moving average, it's a little bit below the 50, but if it holds and recaptures the 50, That'll be very constructive, and it'll be one step towards the next risk on entry point. So you'll want to keep doing research and get ready. What I like to say is this. Now, for Armor Insiders, you can go to the website, armorreport.com, and go to the uh, Armor uh, Investing Rules of the Road. I put together this list for, um, really for my children, and I'm sharing it with you guys now, but I have a seven-year-old, a three-year-old daughter, seven-year-old son, and at some point, I'm going to give them the business. And so I want them to know all that I know. And so I'm putting together this long list. Rule number 10 is the morning mantra that I have. I'm not going to read it off right now, but I'm just going to share with you the basic thought. I come in every day. This is my mantra every day. Clear my head. I don't care what happened yesterday. I don't care about my successes or my failures trading yesterday or investing yesterday. All I do is look at the risk monitor algorithms, look at my whiteboard. If they demand my attention, I put capital to work. I don't care that I got out of things on Friday. If I have to put capital to work Monday, I do. Ego is not a part of this. It's just an investing process that puts us on the right side of probabilities over and over again. And over time, net worth grows that way. And that's what the Armor Investing Way is all about. Okay? So I'll update you guys. I'll probably do another show on Wednesday. I did a show last Wednesday. I'll probably do another show Wednesday because when we're in this 
phase where we're looking for the next entry point and we're building our whiteboard, I want to share with the YouTube audience, you guys that follow, um, you know, where we are in the process. And of course, Armor Insiders, Monday, Tuesday, all day long, we'll be sharing where we are in the process and whether or not we're stepping up and taking positions. Okay. So let's move on real quick to um, precious metals. Let's take a look at, um, I'll tell you what, but before we do, let's just take a quick uh, peek at um, the big indexes. So you can see why we got stopped out here. I'm going to just open this chart up for you to see it. Okay. So this is the NASDAQ 100. Three bar reversal, very negative. I spoke to you guys about that last week, I think it was. Right? We were, well, this was Monday, right? So it really happened the end of last week, early this week. So we have a three bar reversal that gets us negative. Okay? And then we take out the low of the long of the third day, which got us in the cash on the NASDAQ, even though it closed right at the 50. All right? So it stopped us out and reversed. That's Okay. We're going to wait to see what structure forms and we could put the position back on. Again, chances are we'll put it back on at higher prices. You know why? Because the market usually goes up. But we have to protect capital first. We protect capital at the Armour Report first and we capture upside second. And we don't care if we got stopped out and then the market goes up. We'll find the next entry point particularly for Armour Insiders that have been part of this process all of 2020. The returns that we captured in the last five months are enormous. Do I really care if the market runs up a little bit without me? Not really. I'll just look for the next entry point, put my money back to work. But what I really care about is protecting my capital. And so that's when we get stopped out, we go to cash, take a step back, see what's happening, let the pattern set up, put the capital back to work. I don't care if I pay higher prices. Okay. So um, quick run through. Here's the IBD 50. All right. It broke down last week. We got out. And now, of course, it's still below the 50. IWM broke below its 50. Okay. Now, it's so close to the 200. Maybe the 200 holds, but I'm stepping aside there. Okay. Value. Value never really went up. And this brings me to a point I wanted to share with all of you. I say it all the time. We focus our portfolio on leadership. Okay. We do not load our portfolio up with quote value stocks. All right. There's a lagging stocks. They're lagging for a reason. There's no rotation out of leadership into laggards. It doesn't work like that. Okay. So I like value for a reason. And I call that a turnaround story. Value for a reason. There's a turnaround story that's going to turn value into growth, quite frankly. All right. But there's an example of why you want to avoid value. When the market bottomed in, in March, if you went out there and bought all the stocks you thought had you know, value stocks, you barely made any money. Meanwhile, you, know, you own the momentum index and you made a fortune. We're also stopped out of momentum. Okay. Now, the only two indexes that are still left. The S&P, as you can see, it did not go below the 50-day moving average, okay? And it's still above the low of, uh, of the eighth, which is the bottom of the three-day reversal. And then, of course, the Dow looks the same. 
So what does that really mean? This is why probably this risk monitor red signal is not going to lead to a market collapse. And the reason I say that is that the Dow and the S&P are still in the index only portfolio. They've not been stopped out and they're outperforming the rest of the indexes. So that suggests what risk monitor red means right now is a consolidation. That's okay. Let it consolidate. All right. Let's take a look at um, GDX real quick. All right. GDX is in an uptrend. This is, I don't own GDX. Actually, I like to short GDX during the day against our long portfolio of our leadership uh, um, precious metals mining stocks. But anyway, I digress. The point here is, you know, we all want, you know, metals to go to the moon and, and how come it's not up yet is the common refrain. But quite frankly, this index has been the best performing index, you know, one of the best performing indexes in the market all, all year. And so what we're getting is a consolidation around the 50-day moving average, just like we got the same consolidation here that led to a nice breakout. So, you know, we're still in that range. There's not much to discuss today when it comes to precious metals. We think they're going higher. And as long as they don't break down out of this uptrending channel, we stay with the positions. Okay, we are seeing some leadership in things like Agnico Eagle. See how that's clearly outperforming the market. I mean, the GDX, Kirkland Lake, outperforming and even Wheat and Precious Metals looks a little bit better, right? So there is some, some leadership starting to look real good there. And we'll just have to wait and see when the breakout occurs. And I'll tell you one thing, it's not gonna happen on our time frame. Spot Physical Gold had a huge run up. Now it's just having a consolidation above the 50. Right. So as long as the stock stays above the 50, nothing to do there. It's just normal investing. Spot physical silver. OK. Some people say to me, let's make it a top. You don't know if that's a top or a pennant that's about to break out to the upside. I have no idea. It hasn't even come down to the 50. Right. It's holding the 25 day. So we'll just wait and see which way it breaks, and will read and react to the market. Do I think there's higher prices coming? I do. Does the market care what I think? It doesn't. So all we do is employ stop-loss disciplines to protect us. That's all. Even if we get stopped out, it doesn't mean we won't be buying it back a month later. Okay? Being stopped out doesn't mean the story is over. It just means you're protecting your capital so you can figure out what to do next, as opposed to watching your capital erode while figuring out what to do next, <laughs> which is impossible. Um, okay, so let's just wrap up real quick with the cannabis couch. So, I mean, here's a, you know, you know, Martha Stewart made her, you know, they made an announcement. Martha Stewart is, you know, they're starting to to ship. Um, CBD products, I mean, the stock went nowhere. This is canopy growth, right? And then Kronos last week, we had an announcement of a new chief executive officer. The stock's going nowhere. These things are just flatlining, guys. And I, it really makes me think this. I'm just going to break it down to this thought, and then we'll get to Q&A. Until we get a legality change in this country in one form or another, these are a group of retail stocks. Only retail investors are buying these things. Okay, don't point to a couple of institutions that are buying. I know there's always some institutions, but I'm talking about the majority of the investing capital, which is an upside down pyramid. 
The most amount of capital is in the big cap names, right? All right, the least amount of capital is in small cap names. Certainly, there's some institutions that invest in small caps, okay? But what I'm saying is these stocks are just retail stories. There's no real big institutions willing to put a lot of capital here in a significant way. And you can see that, by the way, the stocks trade. Same thing's true with the U.S. MSOs. So never buy these stocks when they're running. Look to buy these stocks, if you want, on weakness. In reality, the amount of money that's going to be made, I would say 80% of the gains that are going to be made in these stocks will happen after the news comes out that there's been legality changes in the U.S. Maybe 90%. Seriously. I mean, day one, those stocks will be up big. But the, the amount of money that will be captured in the next three to five, ten years will be enormous compared to that one-day gap up that maybe you missed. Meanwhile, your capital is eroding in these stocks, and certainly from the standpoint of opportunity cost of money. I mean, there's so many better things you could be doing with the capital. Okay? So just keep that in mind, and it's why I don't have them in armor portfolios, and I haven't had them for a while. Will I try them again? Yes, I will. I might want to have some exposure before the next earnings announcement because I know one of these earnings announcements, they're going to start to show profitability better than the street thinks and people will start caring again. But until then, it's just noise. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. So we've avoided the space. We're not buying the stocks because of Martha Stewart. We don't buy the stocks because there's a new CEO at Kronos. It doesn't really change the picture for us. Okay. And if anything, here's the, here's the stock that interests me the most. You know, I got my eye on Constellation Brands. You know, there's a safe way to play it. If there's ever legality changes, this stock goes through the roof because of their ownership in canopy growth. And in the meantime, you know, the stock's not suffering too much. I mean, if it breaks out of that downtrend, it could be interesting. All right. That's all for today. Let me get to the Q&A. What do you guys have for me? All right. Um, good morning, Francine. How are you? How are you guys doing? Great. Let's see. Two, you got two shares of Google. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's a question, but um, Google certainly is at the top of the leaderboard for me. But if you have to you know, look at the chart pattern and you'll see why we were risk monitor red here, because leadership's breaking down. We didn't talk about that, but let's take a peek. I'm glad you brought up Google. So, we added uh, uh, Google here at 115.09, and we sold the stock right here. I should put that into the board on the, on the fourth when it broke down like that. Um, so Google's below the 50-day moving average. Let's rip through some of the big names. Microsoft, below the 50-day moving average. I don't know. Actually, I haven't looked at this. Let's see. Netflix, below the 50-day moving average. I'm just throwing them up there, you know. What's Facebook look like? Oh, holding up a little bit, right? Of course, Apple after the split, holding the 50-day moving average, but closed below the low of the big down day here, okay? Anybody ready to short Tesla? <laughs> uh, I just, this stock doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, um, so there's Tesla. I mean, holding up, you know, well there. But my point is, um, trying to think of other names we can rip through, but those are your basics. Your, your big cap leadership names have violated and closed below the 50-day moving averages. 
And that's a real problem. And so um, another reason why you can see, let's look at Amazon, right? A- Amazon closes right on the 50 and below the low of the three-day sell-off, okay? So you can see why the risk monitor turns red. Leadership breaking down, taking us out of positions. So we're going to err on the side of protecting capital and look to see how these stocks trade. If they make a nice base in here, that'll be great. We'll get on them all over again, on or before the election, you know, whenever, whenever it sets up. All right. Um, See, uh, all right. Opinion on TLT, Jason, TLT. Take a look at TLT here. Now, Matt looks pretty good, Treasuries, to me. Looks like Treasuries, you know, honestly, and this is my, my, overriding thought when it comes to treasuries when the fed is supporting a market it's hard to look at charts and have any opinion seriously the fed is manipulating the data so i don't think this is necessarily going to break down nor do i think treasuries are going to break out to the upside i think they're going to be in a range that the fed wants them to be in and so in the past i've used treasuries if you you maybe you Recall that in January and February, we made a lot of money actually on TLT leading up to the pandemic. We didn't know why it was running like that, but we made money there. Um, ever since the Fed came out and said they're buying bonds and liquefying everything, I don't buy them anymore. I don't, I don't even look at treasuries anymore. There's nothing to do. I don't know. There's nothing to glean from the chart pattern unless you want to trade a tiny range. That's my opinion there. All right, Chris. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm glad to see you on Saturday. Um, Very interesting catch up. You would think they would start playing. Not exactly sure what you mean there on Apple, Amazon, Facebook. And to agree, Microsoft are all above the February old highs. Google's now at the February high. Well, yeah, okay, I'm with you on that. I mean, but all of those names don't look great right now. So I'm looking for the next setup there, Chris. Let's take a look at, um, Chris is asking about MMX. Maverick Minerals, $5. All right, Chris, I don't, I don't have a lot of opinion on Maverick. I'll take a look at it. I know you're an Armour Insider, and so I'll share my thoughts with you on that. Um, not much to say there. Pan American and Newmont own 20% of this royalty play. You know what? Let me do some research, and I'll talk to you Monday in the Slack trading, uh, trading room about it, Okay. Mr. Kreisberg, nice, nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. You have AMAT on your whiteboard. Biden wins, and Trump by then does not 
put the restrictions on AMAT from selling to China Tech. Okay. You know, um, here's a chart pattern just to give you all an idea of what AMAT looks like. All right, that looks like a, um, a terrible, absolutely uh, awful chart pattern. So nothing wrong with putting it on the whiteboard. But that looks like a massive double top uh, gap down below the 200-day the moving average, which I would avoid like the plague, you know, unless at some point it sets up an opportunity, right? But that'll take time. That chart pattern will take time to heal, okay? So um, put it on your whiteboard if you like it. That's the point of a whiteboard. It keeps you out of trouble. Do research on it. Listen to conference calls and see how things are going. Tech Monkey, good morning. How are you? PSLV versus SLV. Thank you. All right. So again, I've I've gone over this many times, but I'll um I don't mind sharing it again. Tech Monkey. PSLV is a Sprott Physical Gold Fund. It has a net asset value. The assets behind Sprott Physical Gold's fund are out of the banking system, in a vault, audited four times a year. If you hold the stock for more than 12 months, you can demand delivery of the bars. Okay, SLV is is a piece of paper backed by J.P. Morgan, probably the biggest hooligan in the precious metals mining you know business. Okay, and so um, with no guarantees that the metal is actually behind the piece of paper. Okay, so you make your own choice on what stock you'd rather own. Those are my thoughts on those two ideas. Obviously, for me, I would be long PSLV, and I would use SLV to short as a hedge if I, if I needed to hedge at any point. Do you still own uh, a PHYS? Yes, PHYS and PSLV and CEF were added to Armor portfolios on March 20th, the bottom of the market. And we have not traded them since. We've ridden them all the way up, and we've had no reason to reduce positions. Do I recommend it up here for somebody who doesn't own it? Um, I think I would, and I would say the 50-day moving average is the stop. That's what I would say. As I think I said it a minute ago, I won't go over it again. That's what I would say. I think metals are going higher, but I don't know, right? So I have to put a position on, use a stop, and leave it alone and see what happens, Okay. How do you determine where to set stops? What a great question. Wow. How do I determine where to set stops? Um, I go into some detail about this for Armor Insiders. There's a specific process I go through. There's three particular um, types of stops we use. Principal protection, um, uh, a raised stop uh, protection and then profit protection, and they're different at different levels. So, I mean, it would take a, an entire video for me to walk you through that process. Um, consider being an insider. You can call me. I can explain it to you. We can discuss it, or you can, you know, follow us in the Slack room, and you'll start to learn the lingo of how we do it. But there is no one particular. I'll share this with you. There's no one particular percentage. You can't just say uh, the stop is five percent on every stock that I own. That doesn't make any sense because it has to be based on volatility. So our stops have to do with volatility. You know, and I've, I've just been doing this for so long, I know where to set my stops. And they're not always right, by the way, right? So stops only work if your entry point's right. So you have to be buying correctly and then put it on the correct stop 
and that takes time to learn, which I'm more than happy to, to help you learn. Um, but again, that would take, I mean, maybe I'll do another video. In fact, if you look at the channel, it should be under education videos. There's an education video I've already done about stops. So when we're done with this today, you can go over to the channel on the YouTube uh, page and look for the um, education series, Armor Education. And in there is a step-by-step -step process on how to execute stops. That might help you. AG is undervalued, says Michael D. Sprott knows that and bought it. Any comments? Absolutely. Okay. AG just rocketed to the top of the leaderboard for me because I like investing alongside of Eric Sprott. So um, there's a chart of AG. Okay. Stock ran up, pulled back. So it's actually, we're buying weakness in the midst of strength, which you know I love to do. And now we have, a, you know, the backing of, you know, a, a, one of the more uh, important mines in the precious metal space. So am I buying it today? No, I, I didn't buy it on Friday. I didn't buy it because of Sprott. I never do that. I don't turn around and buy something that everybody knows. Okay. That doesn't really, uh, there's no edge there. I don't just buy AG because Sprott bought it. I mean, everybody's doing that. Everybody knows that. And then the stock goes down. So it, that's not a reason to buy, but it's certainly before that news, I had no interest in AG. Now I have interest. Before that news, not on the Armour whiteboard. Now it's on the Armour whiteboard. And now we start looking for the algorithms to tell us when is it the appropriate time from a probability standpoint to take a shot at the stock. Heidi Doc, how are you, Mo? How do you um, think we should play election other than cannabis? God, I'm still thinking about that, Mo. And I know you're an armor insider, and so I'll share more details about how to play um, the election as we get closer. Um, and no doubt I'll share it with you guys on a Saturday, too. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what my game plan is just yet. Um, cannabis is certainly maybe a piece of the portfolio. Precious metals should be a piece of the portfolio for sure. So we're already there. But who knows? The algorithms just got us out of the market. Maybe cash is going to be a way to play the election. Maybe being out of the hysteria is a way to play it. You know, we've had a huge run. So what if we're just carrying cash for a while? Get past the hysteria, put capital to work. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to make that decision. The algorithms are going to tell me what to do. Um, but anyway, I'm still working up my thoughts on that, and I'll get back to you as soon as I have a more clear picture. Do I like Costco on the pullback, says Mark. Look, here's Costco. Let's look at the weekly. Boy, that's a massive uptrend, huh? Well, Costco... Target, Walmart, these are all the same type of names that all play on the new pandemic paradigm economy we're working on. There's Best Buy. They all go together. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with Costco. It's not on my list. It's not on my whiteboard. Nothing wrong with it. It kind of goes with that group. You find your favorite name in that space if you want to own it. We own Target. That's what we did. And we booked our profit on that gap up on earnings. Um, but there's nothing, I don't see anything wrong with, with Costco. So good idea for a whiteboard waiting for our next entry. 
Okay, what do you think of Chewy after the earnings report? Yeah, what a bummer, right? It was exactly the earnings report I was looking for. Stock went down anyway. But th that just goes to show you that, look at that. Look at that sell-off on earnings down to the 50-day moving average. What a gift. I, I think it's going to be a gift for us, honestly, okay? But this is a great point about why investing in front of an earnings uh, uh, announcement is a total gamble. There is literally no way for you or for me to figure out what the street is going to think about an earnings number. I listened to the conference call. I went through the numbers. This thing is a juggernaut. I love what they're doing. Stock got wrecked anyway. Why did the stock get wrecked? The only thing I can pull out of that conference call that would be even remotely negative is that they plan to increase spending in the back half of the year to capture more revenue over time. I don't see that as a downside. And I remember the Amazon story early on. Amazon would do that all the time. The stock would go down on earnings because analysts wouldn't like the fact that Amazon was going to be increasing their spending. And then, of course, the following quarter, revenues would blow out again. And then spending would subside for a while. And so margins would start to go up again, you know, and the stock would explode again. So big picture, I love the earnings announcement. I thought they're killing it. Nothing wrong with it. Spending's going to increase in the back half of the year. Stock suffers because of that. Then probably in the back half of the year, revenue will blow out again and the stock will go higher. So it's on the whiteboard and we look for the next entry point. Um, thoughts on overstock, overstock. Okay. Okay. I totally missed overstock. Really? You want to talk about this? Want me to look at a, something I've completely missed? All right. That's, that's the kind of relationship you want to have, Bruno. We'll have it. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take a look at overstock. Now it's coming all the way back down. Okay, so the stock skyrocketed up. Now it's coming back down, broke below its 50. All right, so anybody, anybody who was trading this stock, hopefully, um, was using a stop loss that made sense. Um, certainly the 25-day moving average would have been, you would have definitely been out here on this day, which is the 31st of August, I hope. Um, but with an asset that's screaming higher like this, I generally raise my stop to the next moving average, which would have been here, the 14-day. So you would have been out probably on that day right there. But anyway, what do you do now? Um, if you still like the overstock story, it's on your whiteboard and you wait for the next setup. So when we get a risk monitor green, you go look at overstock and see, is this chart pattern, has it set up to give us an entry point trigger? Of course, for Armour Insiders, we'll look at the, we'll look at the um, single stock algorithm to tell us, is this thing you know, appropriate? This is the entry point but nothing for me to do here on that chart pattern. Um, and uh, what was it? LLNW. Yeah. Light networks to me. Um, this, you know, this is like an also ran to me. I, this is like a story and, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a, you know, kind of a competitor to um, fastly, although not really a competitor. Um, but they're both going after the same space. So 
you know, for my money, I'd rather own Fastly, quite frankly, although I wouldn't do that now because the whole TikTok story is a disaster for Fastly. But um, I've done some work on the company, and it's just not my favorite, Bruno. I just can't. It never makes it to my whiteboard. You know, I'd rather go with the leader, which at some point will be here. But again, you know, I would avoid Fastly like the plague at the moment until we figure out what's going on with TikTok. TikTok is 12% of Fastly's revenue. And so if that goes away for some reason, um, the stock's going lower. But that would be a great buying opportunity because the rest of their business is going gangbusters. Okay, so it's all Fastly's on the whiteboard. I'd love to see that thing knock down to the 200-day moving average and then get a risk on buy point. All right. Um, Bruno, you've spoken about work many times. What are your current thoughts on the chart after earnings last week? All right. So I've spoken about work many times. We've traded it many times. We're profitable trading the stock this year. So I hope that you've been along for the ride with us, right? We originally bought it here, sold it the day before earnings. We sold 30%. Then we sold the rest on the gap down and still booked a nice profit. Then we tried a couple trades in here for some small losses. And then we got on it right here on the breakout and exited this position at a small profit. And that was in front of earnings. And the thing gaps down. So that's where we are to get you caught up on the armor portfolios. We don't own the stock. I don't like that gap down. I don't like that quarterly announcement. And um, at this stage, it, it, it's on my whiteboard, but, um, you know, I, I'm a little confused about the business, quite frankly. And so fundamentally, I should probably take it off the whiteboard, but I use the product every day and I love it. And so I want to keep watching it to see if it builds another base, because if it gets cheap enough, I think eventually someone takes them over if it gets cheap enough. So it's always going to stay on my whiteboard, but it's certainly not at the top of the board. It's way at the bottom right now. Um. And what about Wix, W-I-X? Look at Wix. All right, guys, this is the last question. Unless you've got any others, you can load up the chat board. Otherwise, we'll call it a day a bit early this weekend for a change. Usually we go over an hour, but, you know, if you have any other questions, let me know. Um, so we're looking at Wix. I don't have any fundamental opinion on Wix. Uh, and so I'm just looking at the chart pattern of Wix. And this is a web design platform. I, I don't I don't like that chart pattern, you know, and if you look at it here on the O'Neill chart, it looks even worse. So uh, not not much to not much to say there. And I can't really help you on that one. Other than to say, I'm, you, you know, if you were long the stock and it broke below the 50, you'd be out. All right. Um, Oh, hey, I appreciate that, my friend. Any thoughts on SDGR? Let's take a look. SDGR. Yeah, I love this story. You know, this is the story where you've got some billionaires backing up this this um, biotech business. and um, But here's why we've avoided it. This is a lesson that you guys can take back. Maybe this will be our last our last conversation for the day. This is a lesson for you to remember. Grab a pen, piece of paper, write this down, put it in your journal. Okay, this will serve you well over the years. It served me well. 
when a company does a secondary, you look at the secondary offering price, where it's done, where it's priced. Okay, that's the floor. If it's a good deal, it should not go below that floor. If it breaks below the floor, there's something wrong with the deal. So the way Wall Street works is that institutions work with investment banks and they get a flow of secondary offerings and new equity offerings. They're forced to take all of that flow, the good deals with the bad deals. Okay. If they don't take the bad deals, they don't get shares in the good deals. This is how Wall Street works. Okay. So institutions got stuffed with Schrodinger. I think at $66 a share was the price. And they immediately dumped it. So what does that tell you about the institutional investing world and what they think about Schrodinger's fundamentals, at least at that price, 66. They immediately dumped it. Okay. So let me give you two examples and then I'll, and I'll, I'll wrap up or I'll take a couple more questions. All right. But let me, let me show you what I mean. So this is very important guys, write this down. If a deal is done, you wait to see what the deal price is. If that, and that price should be the stop. If you buy it, it should not go below the price. So the price was the deal was done somewhere right here at 66 was the price right here. Okay. Right in here. It was done on that day on the 12th. Okay. So if you bought it on the deal, you would sell it without a doubt on the 24th when it closes below 66, it tells you institutions are dumping. And of course it just kept selling off and that's bad news to me. So whatever I liked about Schrodinger, now I'm very concerned that maybe I've missed something because the institutions are dumping shares. Okay, now let's look at grow generation. Tech Monkey's asking about it anyway, but here's a great example of the, the, the opposite. GrowGen did a deal at $5.60 on the 29th, which was right here. The 29th, GrowGen does a deal at $5.60. Look at the, the stock never traded at $5.60. It didn't go below six. That's how much the institutions wanted the stock. It never went below six, and it led to a skyrocket we made a lot of money on. That's why I love secondary offerings. The stop becomes so obvious, and the closer you can buy to the stop, the better your opportunity from a reward-to-risk standpoint. So now I'm going to skip to the question from TechMonkey. Do you think GrowGen will be um, strong in the long run? I don't know what's going to happen to GrowGen. Um, I'm not a fan of short reports. I think that they're definitely used to manipulate stocks. But when I read that report, it resonated with me because my single biggest concern about this company, and I told you guys this before the short report, I told you the management team that's currently in place, I am not confident they can get this business to the next level. So you're asking me about the long-term prospects of GrowGen, and I'm telling you, we need a new CEO. If we found out tomorrow that they bring in an outside manager, a new CEO, somebody with experience in retail, then I would buy the shares on the spot, and I'd tell you this thing's a, a moonshot because I love the business model. But with the management they've got now, I don't know what's going on over there, and it really concerns me.
Okay, and so I can't buy the stock. There are major red flags. When I call that company, look, when I do research, what that means for me is I, I listen to conference calls. I read all the material I can on the company. And then I pick up the phone and I call management. Now, this may not be something you could do. You're an individual, but I manage capital and I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, when you manage a lot of capital, people pick up the phone. That's part of the benefit. So I'll get them on the phone, but you guys can try it too. I don't know. You know, when you call GrowGen, you can't get anybody salient on the phone. It's bizarre. Even their conference calls are antiquated with, you know, transcripts you have to read instead of being able to just click on it and listen to the report like any other normal company. So I really don't know what's going on at that company. It's, it's, it just, it's odd. It's odd to me. That's all I have to say. We made a lot of money there. I'm just not going back to the well. Thoughts on Microsoft, Brian. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on Microsoft um, in the midst of the TikTok battle. As you can see, it's broken below the 50-day moving average. So my thought on Microsoft is this beautiful uptrend that we benefited from and made money from in the armor portfolios during this uptrend of the last five months has now been broken. So unless it recaptures the 50, I don't want to own it. If it recaptures the 50 and I get a triggered buy signal from the armor algos, I'd be more than happy to buy it again. That's where I am. Okay. Wayfair. Wayfair, same, same thing as, I guess, overstock. Wayfair, overstock. I don't not like these ideas, but I think just like Microsoft, look at the run we had and look at the breakdown below the 50. So let me, let me maybe wrap up by saying this. Um, the 50-day moving average is a flashpoint. If you break below it, a lot of people are getting stopped out, including me. So the question is, what do we do next? If it breaks below the 50 and it implodes, we've protected capital. But sometimes it'll break the 50, trade below it for a week or two, and then recapture. And that recapture in many cases, gets me long the asset again because it proves the 50 is holding. It proves institutions are defending their position at the 50-day moving average. Problem is we never know if they're going to defend their position at the 50 or at the 200-day. And there's air underneath these things. That's why we stop ourselves out to protect capital. But if the market stops here and goes sideways and consolidates and then reemerges There'll be a number of our favorite names that go back above the 50 and give us a buy trigger. And that's how we'll fill up the portfolio. So put them on the whiteboard and watch. Um, I don't have any thoughts, guys, on Snowflake or Palantir IPOs. I, my thought on this is I don't ever buy IPOs. If it's a company I like, I watch it for six months and then I'll start trading it or investing in it. The Armour Report's all about algorithmic investing and algorithmic entry points and quantitative analysis. And I can't do any of that on a stock that's been trading for three minutes. You see what I'm saying? I need at least six months of data before I can start coming up with a reasonable probability metrics, a reasonable statistical expectation. And so if it's, a, if it's an IPO I like, I have a part of my whiteboard is IPOs, and I put them all up there 
right? And I start watching. And for me, I, a new issue for me is anything between six months and two years old. Those are my new issues that I follow, okay? Last question, your opinion on space, space, SpaceX, S-B-C-E, right? Space, Virgin Galactic. Okay, well, from a stop standpoint, you know, there's two places where you would stop the trade out. I mean, if you're long the asset and you're trying to learn stops, you're going to use the 200-day moving average in this case. And so a close below it would get you to cut your position down, and a close below the low of September 4th would get you to cut the position out completely if you're following the armor investing stop discipline. Now, if you're asking me fundamentally, I really haven't done enough research on this to give you an opinion. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold it back. I, I might like the idea at some point. I don't like the idea right now, but I, I, I haven't, I haven't ruled on it yet. So I'll, I'll let you know if, if it's something I add to our whiteboard. It's not on the whiteboard right now. Bruno, not sure you realize how much you're helping the regular Joe out. Been watching for a while. First time comments. Hey, Bruno, thank you. Thank you so much for that comment. I really appreciate that because it makes me feel good. It makes me, un- you know, I'm never quite sure you all are picking up when I'm laying down. And when, I, when you write that comment, it really helps me out. So I, I appreciate you uh, telling me that. All right. Um, Abbas. Hello, Brett. As always. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Amazing to listen to. I appreciate that, my friend. Feedback on KGC. Uh, Ken Ross. All right, guys, we're up to an hour here. So I'm going to, I'm going to make that the last question. All right. Ken Ross gold. Um, I actually like that chart pattern. Uh, it's not a name on my whiteboard. Um, you know, there's just so many precious metal stocks that I can own. And so I've identified other names that I like more. Typically that has to do with management team and location of assets. But uh, it doesn't mean that this is a bad idea. And um, certainly that chart pattern looks reasonable. And as long as it stays above the 50 and quite frankly, above the low of the eighth, then, you know, if you're in it, you'd stay with it. That's all. And certainly it's trading alongside the rest of the index, right? It's trading with GDX. It's gone from five to 10. So it doubled up hundred percent, pulled back, consolidated, looking for the next breakout. So it really depends on what happens in the next couple of weeks with GDX. Do we get the breakout we're looking for? If we do, Ken Ross is probably a winner. All right, guys. Thanks for spending your time with me on a Saturday. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys again on Wednesday, 430. I'll do another update. And for Armor Insiders, I'll see you bright and early, 830 Monday morning for the Armor Insider Only morning call. Take care, guys. Have a great weekend.